catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code Absolute DGEN to claim a deposit match up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Thursday's main show. And we've got James. What's going on, Mr. Evans? I'm going very well, thank you. How about yourself, Arch? Doing well? Hey, yeah, man. Can't complain. Can't complain at all. <laughs> How's it going over there? Are you still you still stuck indoors? Yeah, still stuck indoors. I mean, it's become quite the reoccurrence as of late. I, I spent predominantly the majority of my month, well, reasonably short few months at uni indoors anyway. So I've, I've gotten used to it now since the whole lockdown was implemented not that long ago. I've got another, you know, couple of weeks, but that's bound to be extended into the new year. So we'll always kick off 2021 being stuck indoors, eh? Yeah, we, especially <laughs> at your age with your family. Have you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Have you thought about suicide yet? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Are you? Are you? Are you cutting yourself yet, or anything? <laughs> uh, not yet, surprisingly. But um, you know, come Christmas Day, when I'm absolutely bored out of my ass, it probably will. It may come to some sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some sort of uh, <laughs> unfortunate event. Yeah, yeah. What, what way to spend your Christmas day? Eh? <laughs> oh man, oh man, that's brutal. I'm so sorry. I would be killing myself at your age, being stuck inside. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, as a young man, I mean, I'm so used to you know going out, being out with my mates, playing football, drinking, yeah. doing God knows what. And to be stuck indoors, I mean, you know, this is like the stone age, in my opinion. I mean, now I know how you felt when you were growing up. I'm not saying you're old or anything, but... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. It's really, I feel bad for you being stuck inside, but I feel mm. worse for the women of England. Oh, yeah. that they, they're not, they, they can't access you right now. <laughs> not yet, but hopefully soon, soon enough. I mean, again, I'm still getting people outside my, my door and outside my yeah. window just to sort of get a glimpse of um, Mr. Evans inside. Yeah. All right. So UFC, <laughs> UFC this weekend. We don't have Mason, by the way, still. Uh, Mason is still on assignment. He's, uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's training up. He's, he's been working out. Uh, I heard a rumor that he went over to Russia and has been training to uh, you know come back stronger and more powerful than ever. Oh. Well, I heard he went to America to try and track down Ben Cartledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy still taking the visit yes still no cease and desist from ben cartledge attorney so we're, we're still okay to talk about him oh no, man absolutely. all right so just real quick what do you think of the card looking at it overall 
Uh, overall, on paper, I mean, it's not that bad of a card, to be fair. And with no, with no disrespect to Islam Makhachev, I think the, the main event's a bit better now that he's had to pull out through injury because we've got two guys who just love to stand and trade. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to the main event because every time Paul Felder steps in the octagon, you know, he comes to fight. And with regards to the rest of the card and the, the prelims and all that, we've you know, we've got a, a decent card on paper for the, the casuals and all the MMA fans this weekend. Yeah, it's good. it should be fun. It should be fun. Well, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hit the main event. We got Paul Feldler, Feldler versus uh, Rafael dos Santos. Dos Anjos. Correct. Oh wow! Look at that. Dos Anjos. I mean, potato, potato. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he bothers. I mean, yeah. Uh, Paul Felder, Rafael dos Anjos. I'm very much looking forward to this one. As I just touched upon earlier, I mean, it's a step in on five days' notice against the former champion and Rafael dos Anjos. Just shows how courageous and tough Paul Felder really is. I mean, he's been around the game for a while. Um, his last four fights have ended up in, well, it's three out of his last four fights have ended up in split decisions. So he's going to hope to avoid back-to-back losses because he's coming off of a defeat to Dan Hooker a couple of months ago, which was which is a bit harsh. He could have gone either way. And I mean, had the, the fight not take place in New Zealand and it was in America, maybe Paul Felder would have got the the judges' scorecards in that one. But, you, you know, fights fight, these things happen. And again, like I said, taking a fight on five days' notice for placing Islam Makachev, you know what to expect from Paul Felder. He's a striker at heart. He's very creative. He mixes in the leg kicks well, and he does do some serious damage. He has some serious power in the hands, in those hands. And he's a, he's sort of a he's a pressure fighter. I mean, he likes to dictate the pace and keep his opponent in uncomfortable positions with you know just his immense high work rate. And you know whether he's standing up or up in the clinch or in the you know looking for the ground and pound, Felder usually does outwork his opponents and. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he steps in this weekend because you said, you know, this could have been like a catch weight 165 odd bout, three round main event. But, you know, Paul was adamant, I want this to be five rounds. I want this to be at 155. So it just shows how, you know, Bravia steps against a guy like Rafael de Sanos like this. And again, with Rafael de Sanos, you know what to expect from him. He's a former champion. A lot of his recent fights have gone to the full distance and again he's just sort of similar to Paul Felder he's very much a striker at heart he's coming off of a loss to uh, Michael Chiesa and again this will be his first sort of this will be his headline this first headline in a while whereby he'll actually want to make a statement and get the and impress the masters and what a time to do it because if you get a win over Paul Felder and he's talking about going back down to 155 permanently, then it might wake up in the top 10 uh, rankings next weekend. I found Sanyos with a big win. And again, Sanyos, like I said, similar to Paul Felder, he's one of the more polished strikers within the division. With uh, Rafael, he mixes in the punches and kicks well. He packs a serious ground and pound once you know the fight takes place on the canvas. And he's got a nice boxing approach as well. And he's a black belt on BJJ. So, Again, he can sort of hold his own wherever the fight goes. However, he is much more effective on this feet. He has that sort of precious. He's added that precious style to his game, and um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. It's a, it's a tough one to call. I mean, if Paul Felder had a full training camp and wasn't stepping in on five days' notice, I probably would have thought you know he could sort of control the pace, land some heavy shots, and potentially get the finish. However. Because Rafael de Sanyos has had the full training camp, and again, mm-hmm. you know what I'm like on fighters stepping in on short notice. I, I just, I feel for Paul Felder on this one. And it, although de Sanyos hasn't looked great in his last couple of fights, so 
if he's really determined to cut back down to 155 and make a statement, then this is the weekend to do it. So I'm going to go for an idea by decision. Decision win. Mm-hmm. Oh, or he wow. could get the late finish, but no, I'm going for a decision. You think it's a decision? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Dos Anjos is minus 185 as it sits right now. Felder's plus 158. Uh, yeah. Felder to win by decision plus 275. Rafael plus 150. All right. You know, I think there's enough juice here. I do want a piece of Felder. I'm I'm thinking bet him mm. to bet. Okay, let's look at this real quick. Uh, he's plus 158 according to Las Vegas. That's a 38, uh, 38.7% chance he needs to, you know, to win the fight. He's got more than a 38% chance to win the fight, wouldn't you say? Yeah, totally. I think, yeah. like I said, if he had the full training camp, he might have, I probably would have given it to him. But even on five days' notice, I mean, what you notice with Felder is in Desanos has a very tough time, you know, counter-punching, whereas Paul Felder, there, there's certainly some holes in Desanos's game whereby Paul can certainly look to exploit him this weekend. And he's a great striker at heart. There is a path to victory on Paul Felder, but again, you just don't, I don't know where he's at mentally because he talked about retirement after the Dan Hooker loss. And, you know, if he's fully motivated and wants to step back into the octagon and fight regularly, then maybe he can get the job done, but I, I just, I just don't know. Yeah. Okay. He certainly has more than a thirty-eight percent chance to be, and that's a bit harsh. I think so too. So I want a piece of Felder. So I'm going to bet that, and then I'll follow you on your decision too, plus one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll I'll cash in no matter which side hits. <laughs> so it's I think it's a good place to be. You know, I'm catching plus one hundred and fifty-eight and plus one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, if uh, Dos Santos comes out and just wrecks shop and just kills him in the first round. <laughs> Fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, we, we, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it slide for next week. And I did look real quick. I wanted to see that Paul Felder uh, decision that he lost to a hooker. Uh, ben Cartledge yeah. was nowhere near that. So, oh good. god, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know where he stands in controversial fights. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, we didn't get Mason's thoughts on that fight, so you know it's fair that Cartledge wouldn't have screwed them over. So, <laughs> all right. Next up, what are we looking at? Uh, again, I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You've got Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Chaos Williams. Uh, Al Hassan, he has a hundred percent finish rate. All, all of it, all of his professional wins have come via form of knockout. Wow. He's won six of six of his uh, last eight fights. He's coming off of a, a loss to Manila Lesays in, in July, but I think he had a bit of a. I think he was uh, he was off for a while, a bit of a layoff before coming to fight Manir, so it's a bit tough on him. I think the fight with Manir was just sort of to get back in the octagon, sort of feel, you know, just sort of get fit again and just sort of work his way from there. But this is a perfect fight to bounce back and sort of, or certainly make a claim or stake a claim this weekend against a guy like Chaos Williams, who on paper, they're, they're very they're very similar in terms of their approach, I think. Uh, Al Hassan really wants to avoid that back-to-back loss for the first time in his career. And, you know, he'll be disappointed in the fight with Lesay's, Al Hassan, he's very athletic. He's got devastating power. and He's just got that high work rate whereby no matter how much pressure you put him under, he's always willing to bounce back and certainly let's counter hard and keep pushing forward. And He'll always want to stand in the pocket and throw a lot of haymakers just until his opponent drops, really, whenever he knocks him out. And um, it's worked for him this, you know, so far because he's got all of his wins have come via a form of knockout. So... Al Hassan's striking tends to get most of the attention, and rightly so. But what some people don't know is that he's a black belt in judo, and some of his wrestling and grappling 
can't really go under look, overlooked upon because he he may look to use that in this fight just to sort of keep the fight standing. And again, this is just this is one for the ages. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one with Williams. You look at his statistics; he throws a lot, but the problem is he's just not very accurate. You know, tend to land heavy combinations, but. I just don't know with him. He just he has that brawler style in him, but he's just not that very. He's not te- technical at all in his approach. He'll just sort of swing for the fences. But he does have a mean right hook, which Hassan may want to look and to sort of counter that and be wary of in the fight. And he tends to throw some strong overhands with the, the mixing a couple of leg pit kicks with with purpose. And he's a bit wild on his feet, and that's why I like this fight. That both men are killers. Um, and once William connect, once Williams connects, you know he'll be looking to close the show and you know potentially get the fight bonus. But Al Hassan, it's going to take a lot to get him out of the cage and you know unconscious. So I'm just leaning towards Al Hassan on this one with Williams again. He just like I said, he throws for the fences. He's got some, he's shown some sort of wrestling in the past and does have a couple of submission wins under his belt. But I think Al Hassan will want to do the best to keep the fight on the feet. I think he's the favourite going into this one. He has the more, he's the better technical striker and he's got the more power in those hands, which gives him the edge. So I think Al Hassan will certainly hurt him early on in the first round. And I think he'll get it done and dusted probably by the second. So I'm going to go for Abdul Razak Al Hassan by second round TKO. Second round TKO. Yep. All right. Uh, it looks pretty one-sided, doesn't it? <laughs> You're right. Uh, to say the least. Yeah, Al Hassan is minus two twenty six, and Chaos Williams is plus one ninety. So he's a solid, solid favorite. Um, yeah, and I don't see anything. I mean, granted, he hasn't fought that much, so UFC stats doesn't give me a whole lot. But just like, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, it just looks to be pretty, pretty one sided here. Um, I'm gonna have to follow you here. I, I'm a little worried about Chaos Williams and his knockout power, but. Mm. Yeah, I'll follow you. I'll, I think you're. I think you're probably on the right side. So let's go TKO second round. Let's do it. You're catching. Uh, Al Hassan to win by early finish is minus one sixty three, and in the second plus seven hundred. That's pretty good. Pretty good payout right there. Mm. Let's catch that. All right. Next up, we are looking at got, Julian. Uh, yeah, Julian Marquez okay. versus uh, Safabek Safarov. Um, with Julian, yeah, nicknamed the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, hasn't fought in over two years, I think, two years and four months after his decision loss to Alessio Di, uh, Chuco. Um, You know, that long layoff, I, again, it's similar to the fighters who step in on short notice, who haven't fought for a while. You know, I tend to sort of go against them in a way. However, in this fight, I, I really think Marquez can get the job done on this one. Bearing in mind, Safarov is also coming off of a loss and He's not been as impressive. I think he's two and three in his last five fights. So this is a bit, a bit of a, a tough fight for Safarov, to say the least. With Marquez, uh, he's a bit much. A, he's a hard hit to himself. You know, he's a bit. He's a bit big for the um, middleweight division. To be fair, in all fairness, um, with Safarov, he's a former light heavyweight himself. With Marquez, he's, he's got a bit of a wrestling background. But again, like I said, he's a striker at heart. With the who sort of pressures with those power combinations and. If Safarov connects, it's going to be difficult to put Marquez down because he really does have like a steel chin. Uh, he does lack in speed though, Marquez, but again, he makes up for it with that sheer ferocious power and just the ability to come forward and put a lot of pressure on his opponent. And 
I genuinely think he does have the skill set to get this done. Sefirov, he's just a wild man. I mean, he just goes hard from the first bell, throwing in God knows how many punches, and then and and then that's when he starts to gas because his output is just he's just solely focused on you know pouring all of his energy early on and doesn't have the gas tank to survive the later rounds. And then he'll just continue to throw wild hooks and be a bit sloppy at times. He does have the power himself, but again, I genuinely think Marquez, even though he has been away from the sport for a while, I think he has the ability to get it done. Well, a lot of respect for Julian Marquez. I think he'll get it done in the first round via TK. Wow. No ring rust fears for you, huh? Nope. Not in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marquez is minus 295, minus 300 in that range. So, yeah, healthy, healthy favorite. Um, and I think it's probably right. You know, I was looking through this, and I just don't see a path for Sapaberg. Sapaberg? Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> to, to to handle this. So, once again, I got to follow you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, TKO is catching only. It's minus 150. Ooh. In the first, it's plus 220. Ooh. I think Vegas probably agrees with you. <laughs> I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Looking at this real quick. So, man, yeah. I'm going to follow you here. Let's see. What we, let's get paid. All right. So, next up, we have Kay Hansen. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, this has been a bit mixed up because it's just sort of chopped and changed yeah, over yeah. Like the past week or so. But I think that's the one I've got next. Okay. Um, no, this is this is really a, a good one to say the least because both are like real, real top prospects in the sort of the 115 division, and it's a tough one to call. It'd be with McKenna, she went undefeated in the amateur before joining the Cage Warriors. I think she's five and one in her professional career now. Um, she again with both fighters, there's certainly holes in their game which by both are looking to exploit and both have the ability to exploit one another's uh, ability on the mat or on the feet and on the, f- on the floor and on the mat. I think that's where both tend to do the damage. However, on the feet, I think McKenna certainly has the edge. And I think, you know, all, it's that old adage, really, the fight's always got to start standing. And that's probably Corey's best chance of trying to get the job done and trying to pick her apart and, you know, use that range to sort of really try and, maybe knock uh, Kay Hansen out, which I, I don't think we'll see in this fight. But again, like I said, they're both top prospects and I'm very much looking forward to this one because it's a clash up in styles, both serial uh, high-level grapplers. And with Corey, uh, I think she got, yeah, she came in through the contender series and she literally outgrappled her opponent, Vanessa Demopoulos, uh, to earn herself contract with the UFC. So she's been very impressive with the, impressive with the cage-wise promotion. Um, as an Englishman, obviously the cage where it tends to take place in the UK. Mm-hmm. I've kept my eye on her for a while, and you know she she's deserved the call up to the UFC. And this is, however, this is a bit of a tough test for her. Um, <laughs> as a proud Englishman, I cannot back the Welsh. I genuinely, I cannot stand the Welsh. I, I'm no disrespect to McKenna. You know, it's not your fault that you're Welsh, but I just cannot back her at all because just because of the English blood within me. With Kay Hansen. I think she will look to exploit some holes in Corey's game, which is just the sort of ability on the map. I think McKenna's wrestling is largely unproven, but like I said, she's a bit of a slick striker who tends to certainly use that sort of striking ability to her advantage against the sheer grapplers and the wrestlers on the, when the fight's standing. But on the floor, literally anything's possible because, you know, they're two very 
promising uh, high-level athletes. Uh, Hansen's takedowns probably will be the deciding factor in this one. I think, like I said, she's strong enough in top control and she'll be able to certainly shut down McKenna's grappling attack as long as she plays it smart and doesn't try anything fancy. But McKenna, I think there's certainly a way in which she can get Hansen in the submission, but I genuinely don't see it at all. And, you know, I cannot, like I said earlier, I cannot back the Welsh. So I'm going to go for a handsome via decision on this one. I think her control time will do her enough to to favour herself going into the decision and with the judges' scorecards. Gotcha. Kay Hansen's minus 218 now. So another solid favourite. Mm. Uh, Corey is plus 184. Kay Hansen via decision is going to catch you plus 275. Uh, Corey to win by decision. Excuse me. 120. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. 120. There we go. Uh, Corey to win by decision is plus 275. You know, this isn't, we talked about this last week. This is another moment where, you know, you could bet both sides of the decision and take it out of the judge's hands. If it goes to the scorecards, you bet both sides. You can cash either way and you don't have to worry about the judges. So, yeah, I think that might be the play. I mean, I definitely want to follow you. It looks like Kay Hansen's going to win the fight. If it, yeah. if it goes to decision, I may want to yeah, I'm probably going to bet both sides just to cover my ass. Yeah, I mean, if McKenna wins, you might not see me next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just can't stand the Welsh charge. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do the Welsh do to you? No, it's just a sort of you know. I'm not a, a rugby fan, but you know, there's a lot of rivalry in various sporting competitions. In like I said, the Six Nations with the rugby, but in football, I mean. All Wales have is Gareth Bell and England just tend to dominate the football department. But there's, there, there is some rivalry there in with regards to the two nations. But, you know, ask any Englishman about the Welsh and <laughs> most of it's nothing nice. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the next fight. There's no Welsh in this one. Oh, thankfully not. <laughs> I don't think there's any for the rest of the cards. So, you know, that's good news for you because you'll have to hear me rambling on about the Welsh. <laughs> so next up, we've got a middleweight bout between Eric Anders and Antonio Arroyo. Is that what you've got? Yes, sir. Um, it's just, it's a tough one. I mean, going into the UFC, there's a lot of hype or there was certainly potential surrounding Eric Anders. And I think there were certainly some fans who thought he could you know, stake a claim to become a top five prospect, maybe even a top 10 prospect. But he's just, he's one of those frustrating fighters. Um, he's just got that major athletic ability, but uh, he's just no longer used or adopted that aggressive southpaw slugger approach that certainly stormed him into the UFC. I think one thing that stood out was his victory over Rafael Natal. But we've, since, we've just seen a different... Eric Anders as of late, I think he's tried to improve his technique and be well-rounded when at times, you know, that's just not really needed in terms of his style and his approach. And I think with the Royal, like him, he's very well-rounded and physically talented in himself. And I think he does have the ability to get the job done. However, it's going to be a tough nut at the office for Royal. I just, I think Eric Anders, like I said, I don't think he should adopt that well-rounded approach technically. However, I do think his game plan is enough to get the win this weekend. Um, it, it's just a tough one. It, it depends how he gets it done, really. I mean, will he sort of spam the takedowns? Will he refuse to throw punches or just, like I said, keep fight on the floor? Or will he sort of hang on you know, at, and try and keep out of range and try and not get hit and potentially use his left hand to his advantage, which... 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough one to say at least. I mean, he's proven. I think Anders, you know, he's in, proven impossible to take down. So Antonio's probably going to try and keep the try, at least try to take the fights on the floor, which is going to be a incredibly tough ass and he certainly hits like a truck banders as well that left hand can be you know once that connects it slides out for your opponent I think it will be a close test and a close contest to say the least I think it will be a bit ugly at times it would be interesting to see how Anders moves between the distance in terms of the striking how he fares in the clinch and maybe even that occasional takedown I think it'll be tough for Arroyo to get the job done, even though he's very well-rounded. It's going to be tough, like I said, to take the fight to the floor because uh, Anders' defence is really great. However, there's certainly holes in Anders' game, which Arroyo may look to exploit, but I just don't think uh, Antonio's that guy to certainly exploit it with no disrespect for him. So I think it's just going to be one of those where we'll see like a, not ball fest. I think it'll just be a typical middleweight clash, which will go to judges scorecards where I'm leaning towards Eric Anders in this one. Eric Anders decision. All yeah. right. Got it, man. This one's actually kind of close. It's uh, Anders mm-hmm. minus 132, Antonio uh, plus 115. So it's interesting that the money must be coming in on, Antonio, because he's he's opened at 125 and he's 115 now. So he's getting a little bit worse. Eric Anders is getting a little bit better. So, hell yeah, this is, looks to be a good fight. Um, you are catching, let's see, with your decision on Anders, you're catching plus 175 for the decision. That looks pretty good. Ooh, I don't know how to play this one exactly. Because I think you're probably right. I do think Anders is going to win the fight. Let's see here. Plus 115. Yeah. This might be another one. I don't know. You think it, you think it's a hundred percent? Like, because I'm, 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 t- I'm tempted again to throw a little bit of money on Antonio and then back the decision. So Antonio to win the fight overall and throw a little bit of money on Eric Anders decision. will come out ahead of no matter what, if either of those hit. Mm. Mm. So that's good. I like it. So I'm definitely going to follow you there. With a little Dutch action on. I know you love you love the Dutch on, on Who doesn't? Antonio. All right, there we go. But I think you're probably right. In a close fight like this, yeah, it probably is gonna go to the decision. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, what are we looking at? Again, on paper, this is a this is a bit of a close one as well between Brendan Allen and Sean Stripland. Uh with Sean, he's coming on. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, 
anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Of a win over just over a week ago to Jack Marshman by decision. So to step in on a week's notice or just under a week's notice against Scarlett Brendan Allen, it's going to be a tough one. But it just shows the sort of determination to to work his way up the middleweight rankings in Sean Strickland. But Brendan Allen... I mean, this guy's tough. It, this is a close fight, to say the least, on paper. Both both very similar in terms of their approach. Brendan Allen, I think, under the UFC banner, he's 4-0. and and A lot of people are certainly backing him to certainly be successful and push his way into the top 15 and into the top 10. There's been a bit of a hype around his name as of late. and It'll be interesting to see how he fares against Sean Strickland with Brendan Allen. He comes from that wrestling and boxing background. He's black belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, a lot of his wins have come via submission. Uh, he has decent takedown success at the UFC level. Again, you haven't really seen it as much, but his striking, you know, can't really go unnoticed because he does put some nice combinations. This will be, a, you know, this week, like I said, this will be a tough test against Sean Strickland, who is a bit of a, a submission artist himself. He's a bit of a wrestler at heart. And like I said, he's coming off a win over Jack Marshman. He tends to throw, you know, just under five significant strikes a minute. Not very accurate. I think Brendan Allen will get the better in terms of the striking exchanges. He's, I think it's going to be a case of who's better on the ground because Sean Strickland is a takedown artist. He defends takedowns well. And I don't think he's ever been submitted in his career. However, this may be the first time where we see Brendan Allen um, submit Sean Strickland. This will probably be the first time he gets submitted in his career because Brendan Allen, I just think he's too strong on the floor. And once he's on top of you, it will be a tough night at the office to try and scramble out and get the fight to the floor, uh, get the fight back onto the feet. Mm-hmm. So I think Brendan Allen's grappling um, ability will certainly come up clutch for him in this fight. I'm going to go for Ooh. a second round submission, Brendan Allen's favor. Sec- submission, second round for Brendan Allen. Got it. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, you're right. And this line, this doesn't happen very often. As we're talking, the line is changing. That, you know, usually, yeah, there's not a lot of movement on Thursday when we're talking, but uh, yeah, this one keeps fluctuating around. It opened up even both sides, uh, minus 110, minus 107, minus 105, whatever your book does, opened up even both sides. Right now, I've got Sean Strickland plus 100 and Brendan Allen minus 115. That's some close. That's some. That's a close fight, man. That's unbelievable. Mm. Uh, Let's see. Brendan Allen by submission gets you plus 260. If he ends in the second, that would get us plus nine hundred. So that that's that's, not, that's nice, really nice. Uh, oh boy, though, man, this is close. I think you're probably right. When I ran through some of the numbers, it does look like Brendan Allen is probably going to win the fight. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to follow you here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look dig a little deeper into Sean Strickland because you know he's catching plus four hundred to submit or knock out. Allen, but he's catching plus one seventy five to win by decision, and that's the best. Mm. That's the best paying. That's the best paying prop bet on the board. Sean Strickland plus one seventy five by decision. So that's interesting. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be mad if somebody took that <laughs> as well. No, 
does the fight considering he went the full 15 with jack marshman as well yeah does does the fight go the distance yes no yes is minus 163 no is plus 120 so good yeah (laughs) interesting stuff here maybe you just if you're actually gonna bet this one maybe you i don't know lay off (laughs) this is this is pretty it's too close to call man but I'm, I am going to follow you because that's a nice that's a nice payout the plus 260 plus 900 so I'm definitely going to I'm going to throw something on that alright next up what have we got I think we've got Ashley Yoda versus Miranda Granger yes uh, is that what you got uh, yeah I'm going to try and be brief with this one because there's just not really much to say in, in this one with Yoda I mean you look at her record 7 and 6 I mean her octagon record doesn't really accurately reflect her ability she she, in, in her defeat, she's lost to some, you know, high-level fighters in Randa Marcos, Sosa, Mackenzie Dern, even Angela Hill, and it, 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 you know, they're no walkover. So there's no shame in losing to those athletes, and it's, this is going to be a tough. One. I think it's a bit of a clash in styles. I mean, they're very similar in terms of their approach. They do a lot of their damage on the floor. Miranda Granger, they're, they're, they're both coming off a, a loss with Granger suffering her first professional career defeat against Amanda Lemos, and that was. Uh, you know, December 2019, first round submission. So that sort of shows she can be susceptible to the submission. Granger, whereby you look at Ashley Oduk, who can, who's got a couple of de- uh, decent submission victories under her belt. So she may want to look to exploit that and be relentless in terms of her approach right from the get-go. Uh, and she's very, you know, in that defeat to Lemos, she's very susceptible and very vulnerable to the strong grapplers. And when you look at Yoda, she's very more skilled and relentless enough to certainly exploit in um, the short, that shortcoming in, in similar fashion, really. I mean, if she's not careful, and if she's not careful, I, I genuinely think Ashley Yoda can certainly submit Granger maybe early on, or maybe we'll just certainly, again, this will, will probably be a, <laughs> we know this, but I don't think this is going to be the most entertaining of fights on paper. It's just going to take place on the map for the majority of the fight, I think. I just don't see... They, they, they both don't have that sort of high-level striking ability, and like I said, they both do their damage on the map. Yoda, however, she's not effect, She's not the most effective offensive wrestlers in the world, so Granger, if she can maintain the range and pick her off, that's how she can potentially win the fight. I, I don't know. This is another close one, but I'm probably going to lean towards Miranda Granger in this one for a decision. Just, Again, from what I'm seeing right now, it's a bit of a close one. I think both are like near even or something. It opened even. Yeah, minus 110. Again, mm. both sides or, or just, you know, they were catching negative lines on both sides, no matter how they opened it. And then the money growled hold of it, and it's taken off. It's Miranda Granger minus 150 now, Ashley Yoder plus 130. So the money people, I think they kind of agree with you that this is not as close as, as the sports books said it. Hmm. I think they do kind of agree with you. Uh, decision for Granger gets us only plus 130. You would think at a fight that opened up minus 110 both sides that a decision would be paid a lot better than plus 130. But no, that's not what we're getting. Yeah. yeah. So interesting stuff. Something smells here. I think you're right. I think I think Miranda Granger is going to win this fight. So I'm going to follow you. There's a lot of value out there. I mean, if you think Ashley Yoder can win, I mean, you could you could back both sides. Um, you could bet, you know, Yoder to win by dis- this isn't this isn't going to end early, is it? I'm looking at these fight times. I mean, Yoder's 15 minutes fight time. Granger's nine minutes 22 seconds average fight time. This is going to the judge's scorecard, right? Yeah, 
just from the sounds of that, I think it will do. I don't think we'll see an early stoppage. Yeah, so you you could grab both sides of that in a decision and, and come out ahead. But yeah, that something smells. Something smells on this one. All right, next up, what do we got? Uh, I've got a world to wait back between Alex Moreno versus Reese McKee. Yes, sir. With Reese McKee, he came in uh, to the UFC, and it was a tough debut to say the least. I think he stepped in on short notice to fight the one and the only Hamza Chimaev, who's fighting Leon Edwards in December. So, and ultimately he lost by a grand pound. I think it was in the first round. So there's no shame right now losing to Hamza Chimaev with Reese McKee, who, as is, oh, well, if you're a great Brit or any sort of European MMA fan, you wouldn't have known him in his cage warrior days where he has impressed. I think for this one, I think he'll want to use the height and the reach advantage, uh, height and reach advantage to his strength and maybe try and look to come up clutch with that because his striking is there. But with uh, Alex Moreno, like I said, he's 5'11". He's got a 72-inch reach advantage, whereby McKee's 6'2", 78-inch reach advantage. So he may look to pick him apart in the striking exchanges and look to use that to his advantage. But I just, I'm not, in the certainly in the UFC roster, I'm just not overly convinced by Reese McKee. He's impressed, no doubt, in the uh, cage wears in the British Championships promote across uh, several years. So he's only 25, and there's still room for improvement with Reese McKee. And there's no, you know, sometimes it takes a loss or a defeat just to certainly come back stronger. And it, there's no shame in losing to Alex Marino, who's the more experienced fighter. And uh, he's fought in the UFC for a lot longer. Uh, just, I think with McKee, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, he's just. He's, he's not the, the most striking uh, he's not really technical in his striking approach he, you know he does pack the heat he can get the knockout at times but he just certainly at times swings for the fences to certainly hurt his opponents I just don't know if he'll have any success in being technical and trying to put Alex Moreno away early I don't think he will do that and I don't think he'll find success on the floor as well although McKee is a superior offensive boxer at heart. I just don't think he's sufficient enough to overcome the strength and the power in Alex Moreno. And he certainly has the ability to pick recent key apart. I don't think he'll get the finish on this one. I'm just, I think this one will go to judges scoreheads. I'm just not overly convinced by Reese McKee. Uh, Alex Moreno, I just expect him to spend 15 minutes trying to control the fight and, you know, trying to get ahead on the judges' scorecards early on and, you know, use that striking range to pick him apart and get the points because, like I said, with the reach advantage and the height advantage, I don't think he's going to want to be playing Reese McKee's game. So if Alex Moreno sticks to his game plan and try and pick him apart early on in the last rounds with a, with a little bit of a firepower there as well, sorry, I think he will get the decision victory. All right. We don't have the prop bets set up for this one yet. A little too new. So, yeah, yeah. I think this is this was just been not this was added not that long ago. No, no. I think you're right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you here. It, it's uh, Alex Moreno is minus 181. Unless that decision money line or that payout is just just horrible. I'm definitely gonna follow you here. Just looking through these numbers, it looks like Alex is clearly gonna win this fight handily. Hmm. My only concern is, does it actually go the full, <laughs> the full, you know, the full distance? It's my only concern. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow you here on this one. All right, yeah. what do we got next up? I believe we've got Luis Smolka versus Jose Alberto Canos. Yes, sir. In the bantamweight division, yeah. Um, 
again, this is very, very close on paper, both coming off of a loss with Kinyos to Sean O'Malley, uh, just near, well, just a, nearly a year ago now, I think, with Lou Smoker. He's coming off of a loss over Casey Kenny. He's on a bit of a roll right now. So both fighters really want to look to impress and try and get back on the win column. And on this one, I'm probably leaning towards Kinyos. I think. He's a better technical fighter. He has ability to hold his own wherever the fight goes in terms of the boxing and the wrestling exchanges. Um, both are very similar in terms of the height and reach, so there's just no sort of, you can't really look at the, the height and the reach advantage there because both men are very similar in their, the height. So I, I, I don't know. I think Kinyos will probably get this done by a decision. I just, I think he will be impressive on the floor and, you know, on the feet wherever the fight goes, really. Yeah. I don't think he's going to finish the fight. I don't think he will finish Smoker. He's probably going to look to control him for the full 15 minutes. And and you saw his brutal defeat to Sean O'Malley. I don't think he's going to want to be at the receiving end of that again. So he's going to look to control the fight and be very cautious in his approach, Kinyos. So if he uses his well-rounded ability in this fight, I think he will get this done by a decision. I like that. This is the one I circled. I have two that I thought were the underdog had a serious chance. Um, mm. Jose is right around plus 120, 125, and Lewis is uh, minus 144. But I think it's a lot closer than that. I agreed with you. I agree with you mm. 100%. I definitely want to follow you on this underdog. Catch a piece of Jose. Decision is getting us plus 240. I love it. I love it. This is the one. I think that they're they're on the wrong side. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah. All right. Next up, what do we got? Uh, next up, we've got Random Marcos versus Kanaka Murata. <laughs> How old is okay, Random Marcos really now? Is she like 40 yet? I don't even know, man. Honestly, I mean, let's, I'm, I'll have a look now. Yeah, um, she's ancient. She's 35. God, she's been around for a while, hasn't she? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised she's still going. The, the quiet storm, as they call it. Um, <laughs> Very quiet storm, storm. From your end as well. Yeah. <laughs> so with this one, I think with Random Marcos, you look at her her record, it's not impressive to say at least she's 10 and 9 in uh, mixed martial arts. And she tends to certainly come up short to she's, – she's more of a gatekeeper, I think, in the short division. Because you look at her defeats to Mackenzie Dern, Rebus, Claudia Gadela, uh, Nina Ansarov, Alexa Grosso. Uh, Grosso. Yeah. Uh, Carolina. So she tends to come up short against the those who have the talent and who are wanting to push up into the, the you know the top ten and potentially even further. I'm not saying Random Marcos is great, but uh, I don't know. I mean, look at her record, say the least. It's just not impressive at all. Whereas you look at Murata again, it's probably one of those whereby she'll want to get Random Marcos under the win column and under a belt and certainly push up in the division because somehow Random Marcos is still ranked in the strawweight division um, with Marata. She's making a UFC debut, I believe. And yes. she's very good in terms of her wrestling approach. She's a former amateur wrestling ace, I think. So I think she's even defeated an Olympic gold medalist. So her last defeat was in 2016, I believe, Marata. And that's her only professional defeat. She's 11-1. and one. She's impressing the promotions and wherever she's fought over across Asia. Um, she's She does a lot of her damage on the floor. I genuinely think she will get the better of this one. I think this one will be the full 15 minutes. I just don't think he'll, she'll get the submission early on. I think she'll do enough to certainly control the fight. Maybe get the submission late on. But again, like I said, I don't think she will finish the fight. I think 
the sheer relentless approach and the series of well-timed takedowns will carry uh, Kanako and Murata to a comfortable decision victory in this one. Agreed, 100%. Murata's going to win. I'm just worried you know, she might end the fight early. That's my only concern. Uh, <laughs> I'm following you 100% because, yeah. I mean, random Marcos makes Ashley Yoder look good. So, I mean, that that tells you all you need to know right there. I said something. There you go. So, yeah, I'm going to follow you for sure with uh, Murata. I don't know. I'm going to think about that. Maybe I'll post on the app whether or not you take the early finish, too. All right. Next up, we've got Geraldo. Tony Grayley versus Gerardo De Freitas. Yeah, I think this is the the second fight of the night. It is. Yeah, so we're nearly done, to be fair. Um, with this one, I'm probably going to lean towards uh, Gravely by decision on this one. Both men are coming off of a, a defeat with Gravely losing to Brett Jones about nine months ago and Chris Gutierrez defeated Gerardo Defritas in Gerardo's last fight. It's very close and tough on paper. I think uh, Tony Gravely is the slight favourite going into this one. Trained at uh, Tech MMA Fitness Academy in the American Top Team who've ATT, they've got some very talented fighters under their belt. I think Gravely, he's got um, he's got some losses under his belt and via submission. So with the freezes, you may want to look to exploit that. And I think with Gravely, he does give up his back very easily, I think, in my opinion, personal opinion, whereas the freezes may look to exploit that. You look at the classic traditional Brazilians who've, in near, if not all of them, have got some sort of background in wrestling and grappling and jujitsu. So if you're the Freitas in this one, you'll probably be, you know, comfortable and trying to take the fight to the floor. However, I think Gravely will get the job done in this one. I just think certainly on the feet where he will do most of the damage, I'm leaning towards him in this one by decision. I think he will keep the fight standing. I just don't see how the Freitas gets this one done. I just think he will, well, Tony Gravely will pick him apart. Probably outpointing towards not a comfortable decision, but you know, decision bit to say the least. Gotcha. Man, Gravely opened up minus 187. He's minus 149 now. And uh, Geraldo opened up plus 160, plus 129 now. So he's Geraldo's gotten 31 cents worse, and Gravely's gotten 38 cents right around there better. So it looks like hmm. people are coming in and back in Geraldo a little bit. I think it's probably a little bit closer than the book said it as I, I i do think it's it's a little bit of a closer fight i like i like your decision play i want to follow you there i'm thinking i'm gonna throw a little bit of money on geraldo too to win the fight and just you know get both sides i think gravely wins but i think they're asking mm-hmm. still too much at the minus 149 you think it's a 60 40 chance gravely wins because that's that's what they're asking for 60 percent gravely 40 percent geraldo yeah i mean i can see that i mean in terms of the striking, I think Tony will get the better. Yeah. And even on the mat, I think Gravely does do his damage as well. I did touch upon five of his six losses being via submission. I think if he does get too cocky on the mat, Tony, that's when we may see the 40% come into Gerardo's favour because he will look to certainly exploit the top control because Gravely does spoil and brawl at times and dominate the top control. But if he slips up, I think that's the opportunity for Gerardo yeah. to, to impress and potentially get the submission victory. Very good. All right, last fight of the night. And this is, you know, we can talk shit, but I think this is an interesting one. Let's do it. Interesting. I want to get your take on this one. How's it interesting from your sort of perspective? It's Maze versus... Oh, I don't know, in terms of the lines or... Yeah, Maze versus Martinez. Hmm. Uh, Maze is a ridiculous favorite, minus 233, and Martinez is a healthy underdog, plus 195. 
just confirming that here. Make sure it didn't move. Make sure I didn't copy paste incorrectly. Yeah, Mays is minus two thirty three. Martinez is plus one ninety five. I think I'm not saying they're way off, but I think they're undervaluing Martinez by a significant margin. I, I definitely mm-hmm. I, I want to throw some money on Martinez to win this fight. Plus one ninety five. I think he's got a better chance than that. Just looking at these stats. I don't know what you think, but I, I want a piece of Martinez here. Uh, I can see that. I think it's, it's certainly a tough one. I think Dante Mice, uh, you look at him on paper, he came through the contended series and pressed. Mm-hmm. I think he by a, a TKO against Ricardo Marcel, and, and that was over a year ago. And he hasn't been impressive under the UFC banner. He lost to Cyril Garnet on his first um on his first uh, UFC debut against yeah, like I said Cyril Ghani, who is a tough prospect right now. So there's no shame in losing to Cyril Ghani. And in his next fight, I think he lost to Rodrigo Nasimoto by a submission again. But I think what will favour Dante in this fight, as I don't know if you've got it up, if you look at the the height and the reach advantage, I mean <laughs> Roque Martinez is five ten. Dante Mays is six six. Yeah, just He's towers over him. Yeah. Yeah. He can literally control the fight for Wherever the, wherever it goes, really, and I think he's got the significant reach advantage as well. He's got like a, a an eight and a half, you know, better reach over Rocky Martinez. It might even be more, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he's going to out technique Maze uh, uh, on the feet or exploit the lack of grappling in Maze's approach. Because, like I said, two out of his losses in the UFC banner and in his only UFC fights have come by submission. I just don't know if Rocky Martinez has the ability to exploit and take advantage of his poor defense i mm-hmm. just think it will stay on the fight uh, on the uh, on the feet and both men are looking to exchange blows and i think in terms of the punch and power i think mace edges that one i, I think but um I, I can see why Dante Mays is the favorite in this one i just think he will get it done via i think he'll get it done via an early stoppage because i mm. think he'll just rubber martinez with some absolute haymakers early on and the reach advantage and the power in those hands in the heavyweight division will, you know, come up clutch for Dante Mays in this one. I just don't know if Martinez has the ability to certainly, or has the chin to survive those early blows from Dante Mays in this one. I just think the technique and the punch and power and the massive gap will just in the power exchange will favor Dante Mays in this one. Uh, yeah, I can't see a way in which Roque Martinez gets this one done. I'm afraid. That's cool. I'm well, for I'm sorry, which round? First. For, oh, first. I like it. Mm. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted a piece of the 195. Your early stoppage for Maze is plus 130 in the first gets you plus 350. So that's good. I mean, that, it's a nice little payout if you hit it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I want both sides of this. Uh, yeah, I want, I think Martinez, I don't think he's as bad as the, the implied probability says. I don't think he's a 30% mm. chance to win. I think he's got a little bit better than that. So I definitely want a piece of that. Yeah. I mean, they're not the, be- the no. best fighters on paper. No, they're not. Expect, you know, it's a, it's a classic heavyweight bout, really. I mean, between two big dudes just trying to trying to earn a keep and trying to earn a living, whereby he's got a lot of experience. I'll, I'll give him that, Roque Martinez. I think he's fought, you know, 24 times compared to Dontown Mazes 11. So, Again, that might favor him going into this fight, but again, it's just that classic heavyweight bout, really, to open the night. It's yeah. just, it's going to end quickly, I mean. When there's two... Yeah. I can see why why he's a bit, you know, you may be a bit hesitant or 
questioning why he's got a 30% chance to win. But again, I'm not overly fond of Roque Martinez in this no, I can tell. I can tell. This isn't this isn't like a Mason bet though. Come on now, this it's not that implausible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Even I don't think even Mason would back Roque Martinez. You know what I'm saying? I'll probably go for a Roque Martinez for a third round submission on this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> stick that one on Mason's behalf. I may have to do that. All right, man. That's so that's good. it. That's all the fights this Saturday. How you feeling? Yeah, I mean, again, we spent just under 50 minutes going through the whole card. It's, it wasn't too bad, to be fair. I mean, I'm no. surprised we can get that much out, considering it's just me and you. Yeah, no. But was, usually, we do like 50 minutes, even with myself and Mason. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I it was I just want to waffle on. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. I, 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 I feel I pretty good. I f- yeah, yeah. I feel pretty good about this one. All right, so UFC Deluxe on Twitter. Still going. It's still going. Still tweeting away. <laughs> still annoying you. And uh, let's see, got UFC Deluxe uh, Sports Sesh podcast. There it is. I'll let, you, I'll let you move your mic real quick. Yeah, Sports Sesh podcast, correct? So yeah, so yeah, you're getting better at that Sports Sesh podcast. Fantastic. Anything else we need to know, James? Um, no, not really. I mean, this is just the the last sort of podcast before UFC 255, which I think is next weekend. So that'll be a good show next week, talking about two title fights between Valentina Shevchenko and Jennifer Meyer and uh, Davidson Figueiredo versus Perez. So, yeah, uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. Yeah, there's nothing much else to say, really. There you go. Hey, good luck living with your family. Hopefully it gets better someday. <laughs> I've survived a week so far, so I think I can carry on. Okay. Well, I say that. For another two months, that's going to oh, be enough of a struggle. It is. Good luck, man. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.